Sifter for the ear. News, interviews, reviews, cinema, TV, streaming. Action. Hi, y'all. This is Jerry Williams, a.k.a. TV Jerry. Neil Young fans might enjoy a one-night-only screening of Harvest Time, a documentary behind his Harvest album with never-before-seen footage, this Thursday night only at Movie Land. It's that time of year. The Dominion Energy Christmas Parade. Yes, we're here. Let's do it. Oh, yes, let's do it. We're gonna make it happen. That was an excerpt from a promo for the annual Dominion Energy Christmas Parade, which is celebrating its 39th year. We're going to go behind the scenes to talk about what's involved in running the parade and getting it on TV. My guests are CBS anchor Cheryl Miller, who's co-hosted the parade for many years, and Beth Carr, who's been the parade director for nine years. Sifter Review of the Week Spirited on Apple TV+. The Dickens classic Christmas Carol gets yet another reworking, with Will Ferrell playing Christmas Present and Ryan Reynolds as the Scrooge type. The plot has been upended, while a snappy approach to comedy modernizes the approach, including a Judith Dench cameo. Farrell is a bit toned down, as is Octavia Spencer, but Reynolds shines with his usual comic charms. The plentiful songs are pleasant and tuneful, while the staging shines on spectacle and energetic dancing. Given the star power, this new holiday treat will entertain with lively musical numbers and hip references, while managing to hold on to some holiday heart. I gave it three and a half out of five stars. So I'm chatting here today with Beth Carr, who has been the parade director of the Dominion Energy Christmas Parade for nine years, and Cheryl Miller, my longtime friend and anchor at the station. Actually, she was there when I left the station in 89, so we've known each other a long time, haven't we, Cheryl? Yes, we have. I started at CBS 6 in 1984. Wow. So... It's interesting. This morning, I literally was walking the dog. It was a little chilly out, and I flashed back. I mentioned to somebody I was doing this show today, and I flashed back for the first time. I couldn't believe it. When I was a little boy in Florida, probably six or seven, I was in the Christmas parade, and I found the photo. And the crazy part is I had a heavy stocking cap on because it was freezing cold, and I was in Florida. So probably that's why I remembered it. Have either of you ever been in a parade as a kid? No. Um, the only parades I've been in are the parades here in Richmond. Aside from, well, I did some parades for my brother who was a politician in upstate New York. But as a participant, the Christmas parade was basically it. I did the, every parade from 1984 to 1999, riding on the floats, except for one, what I call lost year. And then um, I started doing the broadcast in 1999 up through today. And it's wow. two totally different perspectives being in the parade and then broadcasting the parade. Oh, absolutely. Beth, how about you? Did you ever get to be one as a kid or in high school or anything? No, I, I was never in a parade as a kid. And the, the funny thing is I've only walked in my own parade, the Dominion Energy Christmas Parade, once in 2016. I predominantly work up in the broadcast area with CBS 6. So right, yeah, right. my parade participant experiences hilariously limited. Oh, well, good. At least so I, I can be the pro here, right? Um, That's right. Yeah. Anyway, so Beth, why don't you give us just a quick rundown of the history? I know it's been around. This is the 39th year. So give us a little quick history of how it started and how it evolved. I believe Richmond had a Christmas parade back in the 70s, but it did take a hiatus of some years. Um, it came back in around 1984, 1985, and was led by the Richmond JCs. Right. Um, so it was run by the Richmond JCs for many years. 
then U-Crops, um, at the time, the grocery store, they became the title sponsor um, sometime in the early 90s. Um, they did it for about seven, eight, maybe 10 years. Um, they were the title sponsor then. And Dominion Energy stepped into their place and Dominion Energy has been the title sponsor for quite some time. And so that's kind of our history of sponsorships. So Cheryl, when and how did CBS 6 get involved? Do you know? I'm not exactly sure what year we started broadcasting the parade, but I do remember watching it. And I think it must have been on CBS 6 in 1984. That was the first parade I ever saw. Um, I'd only been here in Richmond since September, mid-September at that point. So it was all new to me. Uh, We had not a float, but a limo and our main anchors, that would have been Charles Fishburne and Lisa LaFada and Ivan Schwartz were in the limo and it was pouring rain. And oh, I just great. It was like a cold rain. And I'm like, oh, I hope I get to be in that parade next year. Um, <laughs> and it's not raining. And it's not raining. But as far as I know, CBS 6 has broadcast the parade since it came back in 1984. There is, as I said, one lost year that the parade was broadcast exclusively on a different station, but then oh. it came back to CBS 6 the next year. Well, that's good. We won't even talk about that lost year then. That's right, the lost year. (laughs) So Beth, I'm assuming y'all pretty much work on this all year. Cheryl, how about the station? How early does production get started? What do y'all start working on this? Um, It really is kind of an all-year thing for us, too, because we're always just kind of gathering ideas and trying to figure out what we want to do and how we can make the broadcast better. So our production crew is always like thinking of ideas. Our in-house producer, Misty, who's our assistant news director, Misty Davidson, takes the lead on the parade and puts it all together, helps with scripting, does a lot of the scripting. But then we have producers and production people who are actually out on the streets that day. So I would say probably in earnest, we get started a couple of months out so that everything's pulled together. But because we've done it so long, it kind of becomes rote. Some of the things just naturally fall in place. But then you have to anticipate the things that could go wrong. And do go wrong. And do go wrong. And and we're going to get to some of those fun ones in a little bit. (laughs) Uh, Of course, everybody knows it goes from the Science Museum to downtown. And of course, back in the good old days, downtown, there were Millard Roads and Tallheimers. So it made more sense, but it still goes down Broad Street. Anybody who has watched the parade knows that there's the, it starts at the Science Museum and there's a setup there with CBS 6 doing the, the narration and stuff. But there's so much going on behind the scenes. And it's interesting you even mentioned script writing. Who Probably people don't think somebody's got to write every pretty much every word you all say, right? Well, it's more so bullet points of information on the units that are going to be in there last year, actually. All of the talent got together, um, thanks to the direction of Misty, and we called every single person who was going to be in the parade to ask them, what are some things that we can talk about? What are some new things with your group? Uh, Give us some background on on your group so that we can intelligibly talk about it. So it's not scripted per se. There are no teleprompters or anything like that, but at least we have some background information and we've touched base with everybody who's in the parade. So Beth, what would you say the biggest challenge is for y'all to get this thing mounted? And I know there's a million challenges because it's getting hundreds of people together, but what would you say is some of the biggest challenges you've seen over the nine years? Uh, Some of the biggest challenges, I think it's really just bringing all the different pieces together. As you can imagine, there's so much involved. The Science Museum of Virginia is state property. Um, Obviously, we also host it on city property. It goes 
2.2 miles down Broad Street. We have so many um, community partners. VCU offers us a parking deck. Um, we've got the Bon Secours Training Center where we stage a lot of our units. Obviously, it's filmed in front of the Science Museum. We utilize some parking um, at the DMV. So there's so many different elements. Um, we usually get about 150 applications from participants each year. Wow. Um, and we kind of have to select about, we, we select about half of those. We select about 75 to 80. We also have, you know, incredible sponsors from top companies in Richmond. And so, you know, each of those things are sort of in its own silo. And then the closer we get to parade day, you know, we bring it together into this one event. And so that's right, kind right. of, it's the fun part and it's the challenging part. Right, right, right. To use the lingo, y'all been throwing around. So there are about 75 units, which would be bands or cars or floats or balloons or anything. Is that right? That's correct. This year we have 93 units. We have wow. about 15 to 18 sponsors. And so, yeah, that would leave yeah about 65 to 70 um, community groups. Right. Um, a lot of organizations like to build their own floats and that's incredible. So Cheryl, what is the worst year you remember in terms of weather or the challenge for y'all as broadcasters trying to get this show up when something, because I remember there've been rainy years, snowy years, all kinds of stuff. There have been, and it's interesting because there have been years when it's been pouring rain and right on the edge of freezing temperatures where we get some snow flurries, which kind of is nice for the atmosphere of a Christmas parade, <laughs> but, but not, not shoot so it. <laughs> nice if you're sitting out on the street. Right. Uh, my favorite parade was probably 1990, the year that Paul Simon shot his music video here, right. and it was knocking on 80 degrees that day. Wow. And I'm a warm weather girl, so I loved it. And it was sunny and it was beautiful. It was perfect for shooting a music video for them. But yeah, those cold rainy days, I can remember one parade. I don't know what year it was, but I had for some reason about a half dozen big umbrellas in the trunk of my car that we were yeah. able to use for everybody who was up on the float because we were getting poured on. Wow. And wow. it's miserable because not only if the parade starts say at 10 a.m., you're out there a couple of hours beforehand lining up uh, with all, all right. the units so that you can get down the route. And Beth, how long does it usually take a unit to make its way 2.2 miles down the road? It's about 90 minutes from curb to curb. So an hour and a half. Wow. Yeah, so so it, it's a commitment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now you mentioned Paul Simon. I know there've been some other wonderful, cool stories about grand marshals. Beth, what are some of the highlights of some of those grand marshals that have been here? Like Cheryl said, we had Paul Simon, um, Chevy Chase and Martin Short came to film a music video um, in Richmond in 1990. And I wasn't there. I was only nine years I, old I at the time, to, not living here. I don't here, want to interrupt but... you, Beth, but it was, it was mm -hmm. Steve Martin, not Martin Short. Oh, Steve, it was Martin. Steve Martin. Okay, yeah. Steve Martin. They were promoting oh, no. a new music video from Paul Simon's album called Rhythm of the Saints. A couple of weeks before the parade, they were looking for a large public event going on somewhere on the East Coast where they could come and film a music video for the song Proof. A couple of weeks advanced, the parade was the perfect thing for them. Paul De Pasquale, who did the Arthur Ashe statue, built a float for them with a big Statue of Liberty on it. Wow. And they recorded this music video that you can find by just you know searching the internet. You can actually see the Channel 6 broadcast booth in the oh, video great. for like a split second, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, but what they did, though, is this was in 1990, and because they had costume changes and everything for shooting they had to stop down the parade and wow. our float happened to be behind them so it 
took us like four hours to finish the parade. Good heavens. <laughs> because they kept stopping and changing costuming and, and they would pull out of the parade and come back around in for continuity. So it, it took a long time <laughs> well, now, to get what, that completed. Did the parade watchers know that was what was going to go on or was it a surprise? And they're like, oh yeah. my God, look who's here. It was pretty much a surprise for everybody. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's very cool. Beth, that was a little bit before your time, but who were some of the other grand marshals that have been in the parade? Well, my favorite grand marshals back in 2017, we had Margaret Shutterly, the author of Hidden Figures, and Christine Darden, who is a NASA mathematician um, and engineer. Footnote, Hidden Figures was made in 2016 about a group of black women mathematicians who were vital in the early years of the U.S. space program. Our, our parade theme that year was Christmas Around the World, and we thought, wouldn't it be so great? Hidden Figures, the movie was coming out around then. We thought, wouldn't it be so great if we could bring them um, and kind of celebrate that accomplishment and the accomplishment of those women? And they were so on board. They were so gracious, so generous. They had such a wonderful time. We had this whole rocket-themed float. They met with several classes of students, um, and that was just an amazing time. My very first year with the parade, we had Chad Coleman, who's an actor. He was, at the time, starring with The Walking Dead. Um, the television show right. and accompanying his float we had zombies wearing tacky sweaters <laughs> so that was quite a connection um, we've had several Harlem Globetrotters some people from Broadway like Buddy the Elf and the Grinch we've had a really great collection of Grand Marshals over the years this year's has been announced and who's it going to be um, our theme this year is a very RVA Christmas we really wanted to celebrate Richmond traditions at Richmond loves Christmas and we wanted to celebrate that and so our grand marshals this year are the Richmond Flying Squirrels, Nutsy and Natasha. They are one of the favorites in the parade every year. They bring a baseball themed float and greet the kids and take pictures and so we just really wanted to celebrate them this year um, and they have some big things coming up with a new stadium so we're really excited about them being our grand marshals. Oh cool. I did not know there was a Natasha. I just thought there was Nutsy. Oh no. Natasha came on scene a few years ago. She's she's adorable. Mm -hmm. Oh, there good. She is. Well, I she don't is. go to a lot of baseball games, I'll have to admit. So. <laughs> Initially, the parade would try to bring somebody in for the Grand Marshal who had a Richmond connection. Right. One of my favorites, for example, was Blair Underwood, who came in, and um, then astronaut Leland Melvin, who was a U of R standout football player. Uh, on a sad note, Aaron Carter, who just recently passed away, right, was the right. Grand Marshal of the parade in around maybe 2005. He was about 18 years old at the time. Yeah, and he yeah. was just the sweetest young man, and he had the greatest time riding uh, in the parade. Well, that brings up a good question, Cheryl. When these VIPs come in to be Grand Marshals, do you ever get a chance to schmooze with them a little bit, a hang, or do they just come in, do their thing, and leave? It all depends, because sometimes they do come in a day or two before the parade. For example, Channel 6 used to bring in soap opera stars to ride in a unit in front of our float. Uh, we had uh, Eileen Fulton from As the World Turns, Michael Zaslow from Guiding Light, Kim Zimmer, who was Reva Shane on Guiding Light. 
I think she was actually the grand marshal one year, the parade, and they would come in a couple of days or a day early, and we would get to hang out with them, go out to dinner, maybe spend some time talking to them. But then sometimes we're seeing them for the first time when the parade goes by. Right, so right. So it right. all depends. Let's move to one of the other fun things that everybody, of course, looks forward to is those big balloons. Beth, how do you decide what balloons to get, or is it what's available, and how do you source them? I'm sure they're popular all over the country. They are, and when I came um, on board the parade, I was researching balloon companies, and I really found that there's only three main ones that service most of the nation. <laughs> wow. So we use one that operates out of both Ontario and Michigan. They send me a list of usually what's available for our events, um, and it's quite a wide selection. We choose the balloons, they ship them down, and they send us a team who trains our volunteers. Um, Richmond, um, our parade route has quite a lot of low trees and low street lights, And so right. it can be a little bit challenging that they do such a great job navigating those obstacles and allowing us to bring in these huge helium balloons that are just very impressive, both on the street and on camera. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the largest balloon that we've brought has been 50 feet, which is pretty significant. Well, now you mentioned the street lights and things like that. Wasn't there a Rudolph incident one year? <laughs> Cheryl's laughing there apparently. Was a, <laughs> yeah. There was a Rudolph incident um, in 2010. Um, Rudolph they just weren't able to pull him underneath the streetlight. His head kind of made contact and he deflated um, to the horror of many children <laughs> and lots of laughter from the parents. It ended up making international headlines, everything from, you know, Rudolph deflate in Richmond to, you know, hilariously dramatic ones where it's like, I read one this morning that was like, horrified children watch Rudolph explode on parade route. And I'm like, well, that's a bit of an exaggeration. Um, so we did have that incident. We made the best of it. And the following year, we brought Rudolph back and we had a big Band-Aid on his head where oh, he had great. got punctured. And everyone just loved that. The kids felt better about it. Rudolph just had a Band-Aid. Yeah. He was fine. That, that's great. That's great. And Cheryl. it's so funny because it went viral because of the day and time we're in, but we had another big balloon that was deflated back in like 1991, 92. Gumby got oh. caught on a light pole and, and kind of deflated, but because there was no real internet back then <laughs> to right. make it go yeah. viral, <laughs> we didn't make the news that year. But I'm always impressed with the handlers because sometimes it's a little breezy and they, this is not something they do every day and right. they maneuver those balloons wonderfully and sometimes they make some of them dance they make them turn around which is really fun to watch that brings up a good question so obviously those people are a lot of them are local you, you, you mentioned beth that they bring in some experts to help train them but how many volunteers just to kind of run the parade not the people who are in it but the people who help stuff like that well technically the balloon handlers are in it but you know what i mean how many volunteers are involved we have close to 300 volunteers wow. on parade morning and that ranges from everything from logistics to our balloon handlers. We have about 60 to 70 balloon handlers. Um, we also get volunteers from our middle schools, from their inter-baccalaureate programs. We have about 100 middle schoolers come in and they carry all of the banners in the parade. Oh, um, so that's right. something people don't often think about. Um, and then many of our sponsors send volunteers to be 
division captains and parade marshals that help oversee the units safely as they go down the streets, people back in the staging areas, people cleaning up, people working in our VIP hospitality areas. So there's so many places to serve and it, it really does take a huge number of volunteers to pull it off. Great, great. And I will put a link on the website for this show if anybody wants to volunteer because they still have some time before the uh, parade. Let me ask either one of you, and I don't know what the answer will be, what is the wackiest thing that has happened? Maybe the wackiest float or the wackiest thing that happened? Hmm. That's a good question. Wacky is an interesting word. I mean, the balloon incidents are always something that's weird. I'm always impressed. It's not wacky, but how the, the young musicians and majorettes and, and dance teams can make it the 2.2 miles down the road, no matter what the weather, yeah. with smiles on their faces, yeah. without regard to what's going on around them. It's interesting because as a person who's broadcasting the parade, I'm actually watching it on TV because what's going on behind me isn't necessarily what people are seeing on TV. So right. I'm watching TV to describe what's going on. But I've got <laughs> these big floats and marching bands going on behind me that I can't really turn around and see, right, uh, right. which is, is an interesting perspective. Same as if you're on a float, which will actually have a camera on our float again this year. So you'll get a kind of bird's eye view of what it looks like going down the parade route, which is fun. Can you think of anything wacky, Beth? Wacky? I don't, I don't know about wacky. We've definitely had some really fun viral moments. One of the moments from last year's parade that went viral, I don't know if I'd say it was wacky, but it was very fun, very charming. Um, one of our dance groups, Richmond Urban Dance, they brought a six or seven-year-old little boy who dressed up as Michael Jackson, and he basically shimmied his way all the way down the parade route, busting out the moves. So many videos of him went viral. He was absolutely darling, so talented. That's a very standout moment for me. What's going to be new or different this year? We have a lot of new units participating this year that haven't participated in the parade before. Um, we have Play RVA. They actually um, provide the trains for malls and different events like that. They're actually bringing a train to the parade this year. One of the ones like you see at the shopping center is not a real big train. Yes, not yeah, right, a big right, train. Yeah, right, one of those right. ones that the kids ride in the shopping center. Right, um, right. We have several vintage fire trucks and vintage vehicles that, that are always fun to bring out. Our costuming organizations are always top-notch. Ghostbusters is a pretty new one to us. They came last year, they're returning this year, and they're just absolutely phenomenal. It's a really exciting lineup. Well, Cheryl, is there anything that CBS 6 is going to plan this year that's new or different? Well, we've got a wonderful float that you'll have to keep an eye out for. Um, that's All right. a bit unusual this year. It's unique. Uh, a lot of our talent will be out there. If they're not working, they'll be riding on the float. And we, as I mentioned, we'll have a camera on the float itself, giving you the bird's eye view. We've got a lot more technical things, a lot more cameras. The drone will be flying, giving you a true bird's eye view of wow, the parade yeah. this year. It's interesting because when we started broadcasting the parade, we were actually down on Broad Street where, you know, I could look down and see thousands of people people. And now since we're at the Science Museum, we're really where the parade starts. And we've got grandstands there and people can come and watch from there. And it's interesting because the parade is so long, you could start watching it on TV, watch the whole parade and then be downtown and watch the parade come by you live, wow. <laughs> which is kind of neat. Yeah, uh, yeah, if, that's if you cool. plan it out ahead of yeah, time. Yeah. 
but it's it's always an interesting broadcast because Beth will recall, uh, what was it, two years ago that we actually pre-taped the parade due to the COVID pandemic. Right. We taped it on Halloween. Wow. <laughs> and, and, put it all together and, and had some different elements. We had some performances and, and we had some music uh, from a rooftop band and, and it, it gave it a whole different feel. Uh, it wasn't quite the Christmas parade we're used to, but it was still a wonderful event. Right, right. I remember that. Yeah. So we try to up the game every year. And who'll be co-hosting with you this year, Cheryl? Co-hosting, it will be Rob Cardwell. He and I have been doing the parade together for many, many years. And then joining us on the parade route broadcast will be Greg McQuaid and Julie Bragg and Kristen Lures will be there on the street level. So we've got quite a few people working the parade. Our Leland Pinder will be manning the float camera and Tom Patton will also be in Storm Rider. Oh, cool. Okay. I just wanted to say how I think people really should come and watch the parade in person if they can. It's a wonderful opportunity for children in particular to be able to see marching bands and maybe be inspired to learn to play an instrument or watch a, a majorette group and say, oh, I want to learn how to twirl a baton or see a horse in person for the first time wow. uh, with the mounted group or the red sky with the indigenous peoples out there. It's such a, a wonderful thing to be able to see. And from my perspective, to be able to see the looks on people's and children's faces as they watch the parade live. For me, I think it just, it, it goes back to our conversation about volunteers and how long this takes to plan the man hours that go in behind it. You know, as you mentioned earlier, we do plan this year round. There's about three of us on staff. We have a volunteer committee of 20 and we work on the parade year round, put the hours in. Then we have 300 volunteers come out on parade morning. So a lot of people think the magic just happens. And I like to say we create the magic. Right. Um, we work really hard and I'm just really deeply appreciative to all the volunteers that make this happen for the community. And they're so dedicated and they're so excited and they pour their whole heart and souls into it. Very thankful for CBS 6. We have such a wonderful partnership with them. We've really put a lot of effort into making this a great experience, both on the parade route and on the broadcast and kind of bringing those together as one great event. The uh, parade this year is on December 3rd. And let's just hope that you'll have a beautiful day. I've got my fingers and everything else crossed, Jerry, at this moment. <laughs> uh, and of course, yes. it is, um, it's a big live production, but it's also a big TV production. So I'm going to promote now when you can watch it on TV. There Saturday, December 3rd, 10 a.m. to noon. We're also going to be streaming on our website at WTBR.com. And if you're in the parade or you want to see it again, we're going to rebroadcast a special one-hour parade's highlights on Friday, December 23rd. That's going to be at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And then the parade will air again on Christmas Day, December 25th, 6 to 8 a.m. And then again from 9 to 11 a.m. And if you just can't get enough of the Richmond Christmas <laughs> parade it will be broadcast all day long back to back to back to back on our 6.3 channel which is what you watch with the antenna right that's 206 on comcast or 466 on verizon well and i'll have some of that linked on the website too so people can check that out they didn't write all that down that quickly well thank you both very much it's been a lot of fun beth great to meet you and cheryl great to talk to you as usual you as well jerry thank you so much bye-bye <laughs> Hopefully you'll be in the Christmas spirit now, or at least appreciate the complex workings behind the Dominion Energy Christmas Parade. Thanks again to CBS anchor Cheryl Miller and Parade Director Beth Carr. There are links to the parade and all the information that Cheryl included on the website for this show. 
You can also subscribe by going to tvjerry.com, clicking on podcast, and there's a link. Coming soon. In theaters. Violent Night. When mercenaries break into a rich family's home, it's up to Santa Claus to save the day. Four Samosas, a comedy about a wannabe rapper and his three friends. The Quintessential Quintuplets Movie, part of the manga series about five girls who find love and more. Memories of My Father, a documentary about Hector Abad Gomez, a human rights activist who fought for the underprivileged in 70s Colombia. TV and streaming. Dolly Parton's Magic Mountain Christmas on NBC. The title pretty much sums it up. George and Tammy on Showtime. Jessica Chastain and Michael Shannon play famous country musicians George Jones and Tammy Wynette. Willow on Disney+. Plus, Sort of a sequel to the 1988 film with Warwick Davis in the title role. Next week, we have a double feature. This is Jerry Williams. Thanks for listening. For more Sister, including literally thousands, thousands of, of reviews, reviews, visit tvjerry.com. That's a wrap.